when you're not so sure about the area, he had mentioned, hey, this is maybe mm, a location. What I learned is go back at night because <laughs> this was a daytime walkthrough. Nighttime tells you a lot more about what's going on in an area than what's going on while people are either at work or there is less people there. So nighttime, I, I would say go back. <laughs> I should have paid any, you know, like 20 bucks to have some college student do a, a walkthrough at, the, at nighttime. It's not the mistake that matters. It's how you deal with it, what you learn from it, and how you apply that lesson to your life. Welcome to Multifamily Missteps, where your host, Jerome Myers, brings on apartment investors from around the country, big and small, to share with you the lessons they wish somebody would have told them. These short episodes are designed to expedite your journey to growing a profitable apartment portfolio without all the mistakes that others have made. We're super excited that you're here. Now, let's jump into the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Multifamily Missteps. I'm your host, Jerome, and I've got the pleasure of having Alex Moore with me today. Alex, where are you in the world? I am located in San Francisco, so it is uh, currently sunny, which is unusual for the Bay Area, if you are familiar with it. It's typically foggy, but the spring tends to be a, a mixed bag here, so where I'm at. Out in the Bay Area, and so... Did you grow up there or are you a transplant? No, I am a, I am among the majority, which is I'm a transplant. So originally from Michigan, spent some time in the East Coast and then came out here about five years ago and have been living here and enjoying it ever since. Even though the pandemic has changed the, the landscape here a lot. <laughs> yeah, I see a lot of people fleeing Cali. So it's really interesting mm-hmm. that you're there. So I haven't seen you on a ton of podcasts, so I'm glad you're here because we get to share your story with our audience. So for the listeners who may not know who Alex Moore is, do us a favor and give us a little bit about your background and what you've been up to over the past few years. Yeah, Yeah, I would love to. Thanks so much. So I have a background in small multifamily and in short-term rentals. It's kind of how I got started in investing in real estate. And I did it while I was full-time. I have a background in medicine. So I was in internal medicine as a nurse practitioner for 10 years, um, invested in real estate for seven years during that career, and then transitioned full-time into real estate investing this last year, which is awesome. And so I do large multifamily now. So 100 plus units, primarily in Texas, have done all of my investing out of state. And it's been a fun and wild ride. So it's been great. Wow. So let me guess. All those deals that you did in small multifamily went totally perfect, right? I mean, performers were to the decimal point and all of your renovations went exactly as planned. Like nothing ever went wrong because they're small. So it's easy, right? Absolutely. That's totally how it goes. No, no, no. I think that's... All right, guys, we're done here. Another (laughs) success show. <laughs> We're all so successful. We're going to close it out. Awesome. Um, no, I think when you get into, especially with small multifamily, the margins are a lot tighter and you're dealing with a lot more expense and capex. So, learned a lot in small multifamily. That's part of the reason why I got into larger multifamily. But um, it's a, uh, it was a lot of good lessons. One of the first ones that I learned a lot on was. Uh, a four unit that I purchased in my hometown. And I didn't know 
that particular pocket, the area, as well as I thought I did. So it was what used to be a class B location, but had turned class C since the time I had left, which was over 10 years ago. (laughs) So when we went in for renovations, what I had projected would be the right things to do for the units ended up being a little bit too much for that area. So overspent and also realized that it's really important to know your location incredibly well because we didn't attract the right tenants to get in after the renovation. Wow. So how could you have prevented that? Like location going down, what, what, what are indicators of that? Yeah, great question. So a couple of things that probably could have prevented some of that would have been, you know, we had our realtor who we worked with for years. He walked it and he he went through the area. I think when you're not so sure about the area, he had mentioned, hey, this is maybe mm, a location. What I learned is go back at night because <laughs> this was a daytime walkthrough. Nighttime tells you a lot more about what's going on in an area than what's going on while people are either at work or there is less people there. So nighttime, I, I would say go back. <laughs> I should have paid any, you know, like 20 bucks to have some college student do a, a walkthrough at, the, at nighttime. And what would you have expected to find on that walkthrough? We would have seen what we encountered after we closed, which there was a lot of gang-related activity going on. After we bought the building, uh, we had an abandoned car get into the front yard, smashed in, had to get it removed. Police called. There's a couple of domestic violence issues that happened on property too. So I think we would have seen a lot more outdoor activity than what we had seen during the daytime. And I think that's a pretty good activity indicator of what the climate might be near your property. Okay. And so you close and I I call these properties wild animals. You find (laughs) out you've got a bucking Bronco. (laughs) (laughs) People are leaving. People aren't paying. People are fighting. The gang is there. How do you fix that? So what we ended up doing was we had to, to actually turn the tenant base because there was one particular tenant that was bringing in most of the activity on property. And so that took a a while because we don't tend to be abrupt. We do it through the legal channels, give plenty of notice. Um, It ended up taking about six months. And I was in the hospital with our first child in labor when we finally got notice that the tenant moved out. And as soon as that happened, the property turned around and that was amazing, but it was, it was right up until literal deadline. <laughs> wow. And so six months, where, where was yeah. this property again? Cause most people would say, what? It took how long? That was because of the pandemic. Um, so we had purchased this right before the pandemic. Then we got the eviction moratorium happened and that happened right after we purchased the property. And so that's why it took six months was because there were that this was in Michigan. So generally, you know, landlord friendly state usually takes about 60 to 90 days to get a tenant out. But because of the eviction moratorium, this ended up happening over a much longer span of time than we thought it should. Did they pay while they were there? Nope, they did not. Oh my gosh. A lot of people want to be profitable multifamily operators, but lack the knowledge, deal flow, experience, and capital to be successful. They often try to overcome these challenges out of order, slowing or eliminating their ability to get the next deal done. 
We have developed a framework that allows them to gain the knowledge they need to find profitable deals. When they use our system, they create time and location freedom, as well as the generational wealth they desire for their family. The Multifamily Kickstart program has proven to be the fastest way to establish credibility and build a profitable apartment portfolio. Hop over to JeromeMyers.co to find out more. So what would you say were kind of the financial implications with underestimating the area and maybe even the amount of time that you think it would it would have taken to get folks out if they weren't the type of residents you were looking for? Thankfully, with because it was a four unit, debt service was covered with two of the units which were occupied. And then that third unit ended up um, being a little bit more of the cash flow that we needed. So um, we were fine with covering debt service and costs. Um, but it ended up um, being a little bit more of the cash flow that we needed. So um, we were fine with covering debt service and costs. But it was a big hit that we weren't prepared for um, mentally. So it was a, a good learning lesson for saying, hey, make sure when you... And, and with small residential, you don't often get a rent roll. So you don't know who's paying. That's harder. So asking more questions up front and seeing if you can get more information is also a good thing too that we learned that, hey, are all the tenants paying on time? And if they're not, what are, what's what's going on right now? What Where's the circumstances for that tenant? And are we pursuing any legal action at this point? Beautiful. And so were you self-managing this or property manager? Self-managing. So with smaller residences, we've done self-management and that's also a huge lift. It's not, act, it's not passive. It's very active. Do <laughs> so is that why you got out of this wall all together? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it's a number of factors, but I, you know, I think when you have smaller margins, it's harder to hire out property management and get good property management because they're oftentimes dealing with a lot of single family homes or maybe a two or four units, but you don't get a lot of attention from the property management. So if you have a property like this, it takes so much of their time that I think it would have taken longer than if we self-managed. And also the cost for that is tends to be anywhere between 7 to 10% of gross, which is a lot off the top on these small properties. Yeah. Wow. But when you get bigger, you can afford them. You can afford a good property management and you can afford to have, have that support, which is huge. Yeah. 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 So did you make any changes to your process? So that this doesn't happen again, or is it just baked into the fact that you're doing larger properties now? No, that what we've what I've taken from the small multifamily is to apply that to large multifamily is I get down to the cross streets, look at the crime records. I also have my property management that I work with and I call them and they have they have a couple of ins with the local community so they can call and say, Hey, has there been any activity on property? And they can give me a verbal of like the police related activity. So definitely have learned from that first. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Reconnaissance, right? I mean, having yes. the inside track is legal in stocks and bonds, but in real estate, it is the difference between being in a space where you're frustrated and irritated yes. and Having a property that's performing well. Yeah. So, the final question that I ask, I ask everybody is what words of wisdom do you have for our listeners? 
I would encourage everybody who's concerned about all the things that can go wrong in real estate to still get involved because honestly, you will make a, you will make mistakes and it's bound to happen, but it's still a really great investment. It does take grit and it takes resilience, but it does pay off and you'll learn from your mistakes. And it's really hard not to make real estate successful. Um, you can mess up a lot of ways and still recover as long as you have a plan B and plan C. So have multiple plans <laughs> to turn an asset around because that is that's really the key. Yeah. And so I guess I don't want to leave it doom and gloom since you took us there. So did you exit this property? Did you actually make money on this one? Yeah, definitely. Yep. And right now it's one of our best performing assets. I actually did not sell that one. It took a lot of effort and I didn't sell it. I uh, I still have it in our portfolio. I just hired someone to manage it for me. So I built enough of a um, base in that area to do a direct hire for management. So I kind of built in my in-house property management. So then I don't have to do it, but it's managed for me and now it's performing beautifully. So I, I did keep it. <laughs> Getting fancy. So since you still have it, like how much of rent's grown and like give give us a little of the scoop. Come on, you're yeah. making money on this thing after yeah. a tragedy. Yeah. So organic rent lifts have gone at by over 30%. And then I've nearly doubled my going in rents. For the renovated units, and so I'm I'm doing like quite well. It's cash flowing like at sixteen hundred a month right now, so we're doing really well on that one. That's so exciting when it works. And yeah. you you've got to tame the bunking bronco, right? The person that owned that property did not want it anymore because it wasn't working. But exactly. if you get in there and you get it working, yeah, grow the value of that property, drive the net operating income up. And I suspect you probably have some trapped equity that you can pull out and go take that to a new deal, right? A hundred percent. And that's the best part is when you get that free money to go buy something else. It's so exciting. Alex, this was awesome. Thank you so much for jumping on and sharing yeah. how yeah. you tamed this thing because I I think there's a place for people who do the smaller ones as well as the larger ones and everything in between. There's money to be made. Yeah. In all facets of real estate, you just got a strategy that actually works. So thank you so much for sharing this perspective. Yeah, happy to. Thanks so much for having me on. This was great. And I'm sure the listeners say, how can I find out more about Alex? What's what's the way for them to get to you? Yeah. So they can reach out direct through either email or my website. Um, my website is graywellcapital.com. Gray is spelled with an E or they can email me at alex at graywellcapital. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Alex more invest. Outstanding. They'll check you out to awesome. the listeners. The pack's with you. We'll talk soon. You made it all the way to the end. So that means you love this episode of Multifamily Missteps. I need a favor from you. The only way this show grows is if more people know about it. So do me a favor. Take a screenshot and post it on your favorite social media platform and tag me in it. Who knows? We may have you as the next guest. I look forward to sharing the episode with you next week.